happy Mother's Day to all the lovely ladies of TTC. <laughs> happy Mother's Day. We're so, so, so privileged, so blessed. Thank you for all that you do for us. Thank you for adding value. Thank you for caring about our present and our future. We love you so much. So happy Mother's Day. Amen. I want to honor my mom. I want to honor my mother because she has been a rock. She has been constant throughout my life. Um, and though a lot of times I didn't understand what she was doing. Uh, she's very reserved. She's very, um, she's not very good at communicating her emotions. But, you know, even in my adult life, when I questioned why she did certain things when we were growing up, she always had like her motives and her heart was always pure. It was always to protect us. It was always to provide for her kids, even as a single mom of three. So today, mom, I want to say thank you so much. I see um, your heart. I see what you have been doing. You know, she's 66 right now. She lives in Nigeria and she's currently in Rema Bible College. She's studying. She's in Bible school. So, you know, <laughs> even now she's still on that journey. Um, so, yeah, thank you, mom. Um, I love you so much and I'm grateful for you. Okay, I also want to appreciate my mother in love. She is the best I could have ever prayed for. She's pretty amazing. She is warm. She loves Jesus. She's very expressive. <laughs> she's very different from my mom in that sense. And she's genuine in her desire to see us succeed. So thank you, mom, for praying for us always checking on us, always encouraging us. Um, we love you. And yes, we are super grateful for you as well. So happy Mother's Day to you both. Amen. All right. So I love that Mother's Day is <clears throat> honoring people in our lives that we'll consider as mothers um, over a family or over an individual um, and not just like biological, right? It's anyone who has played that part in your life. There's a lot of, there's a lot of issues that we are currently facing like a lot of people in society about you know that are very um related to or connected to motherhood maybe the lack of one or how one of them or how or the impact of one you know possibly we're praying this morning about how mothers based on life experiences are raising kids it's not necessarily like you know Sometimes people see it as trauma, you know, because they're just passing on their frustrations. But obviously this is based on individual experiences, right? It's not necessarily, that isn't necessarily their motive. It just happens that that's how they know how to express themselves. So motherhood carries a lot of things, a lot of um, responsibility. The topic that I want to talk about today um, is called motherhood beyond giving birth. You know, back home, culturally, <laughs> If you like giving birth is it, they always say, oh, you know, the community will raise the, the child, you know, <laughs> I'm glad that we know it to be different. Hopefully we know it to be different now that it's a lot more than just pushing out a child. You know, you're considered blessed if you have kids and cursed if you don't almost, you know, that's just the way I can paraphrase it. Um, and we just see sometimes I see people in my mother's generation, well, just having kids and having kids and having kids and not really like looking after, looking after them. So I really do appreciate when I see mothers who are intentional about raising children that would um, add value to society and most of all, bring glory to God, right? 
just recognizing that they have that responsibility. So I'm just going to talk about, I mean, today's message is really not one of saying this is what you must do. It's really one of encouragement, encouraging people who are currently in this journey of motherhood, which we all should be, you know, at one point or another, whether biological or not. It's about calling out the things that you are doing right, because the enemy would always amplify what is not going quite well you know and i think we are as humans are also very aware of the things that we aren't doing so well so today i really want to call out what we are doing well and to really celebrate you for that because that's what mother's day is about i want to also encourage those who feel like um they're not doing that that they failed and maybe the ship has sailed they failed in motherhood encourage them as well and also yeah encourage those who for whatever reason can't be biological moms maybe you know the time has passed or for whatever reason it could it didn't happen you know that's not the end of life that's not the end of the world so yeah i want to encourage us today in this journey and also to challenge us to strive to be better because there's always always room for improvement there's um yeah god saw the potential in you when he gave you this capacity to be a mom so also to encourage you to that you can do it and you can do it really really well amen praise god let's pray before we get into the word actually heavenly father we thank you for the privilege to bring your word of encouragement um your word of edification to just open up our eyes even to see much more what you say about motherhood to just help us see that we have the capacity by your holy spirit to do it to do this role do this assignment and do it really really well Thank you because you're showing us that we are not alone in this. Thank you for showing us that we have your spirit living on the inside of us to lead us, to guide us, to give us the wisdom that we need. We're so thankful. We're so grateful for encouraging our hearts today. Thank you, Father, for helping me to speak your heart in the name of Jesus, not what I want to say. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So what I'm going to do today is sort of... um go through my experiences as um so the things that i learned from my mom things that i thought were really important that my mom taught me growing up i'm going to use that i'm going to call it out because i believe that you are doing these things as well just to highlight them that these are amazing things that you are doing so recognize when you where where you are doing these things and if you aren't yet doing it then this is a time to pick up on these things and make sure that you're incorporating them Um, in the lives of your children. So these are the lessons that I've learned. And I'm just going to pick the five lessons that I thought were important that I learned from my mom. Um, And then we'll take it from there. So the first one was valuing people. I'm going to read from 1 Peter 2.17. It was literally just the first verse. 1 Peter 2 verse 17. I've got the NIV open and I think that should be fine. 1 Peter 2.17 says, show proper respect to everyone. That's the bit I wanted to pick out. Show proper respect for everyone. My mom didn't let us like disrespect. And when I say everyone, I, I have to be careful because in the size that we live in and the size that we grew up in, I grew up in Nigeria. Um, there was, uh, there was, you treated people differently, for instance, because of their uh, social status, financial status. So people who were like your housemates, for instance, it was okay, almost socially acceptable to disrespect these people. But my, my mom never stood for it. No, you don't treat people a type of way because of a job that they are doing for you. Um, 
And that flowed into, even as kids, as siblings, we never knew like who was mom's favorite. Like there was no favoritism amongst the kids. And we see that scripturally that God does not show favoritism. So it's really important that we are not communicating that to our children. Um, there was nothing about disrespecting the poor. She was intentional about how she treated people in our presence. So um, because of this, I grew up conscious, conscious of the people in society that were looked down upon. And, and even in my teens, in my teen years, I was always, uh, my, my heart always reached out to those who were ostracized and I was drawn closer to them because I wanted to make them feel included. Um, and obviously it's a really, really important value to have. And even when I was slipping, because obviously I'm, I don't do things perfectly, even when I was slipping, I, would, you know, self, I was self-aware enough to call myself out to say, no, that's not right. You shouldn't be related to that person because of, you know, maybe they, they, they are affluent or whatever the case may be, or because, you know, there's something that they have that you want. So, yeah, I thought that that was really, really important. Such an important lesson that is still relevant today. And she demonstrated it really well. I mean, even when my, my my siblings and I wanted to ask a favor from my mom, we would have to like come together and be like, okay, okay who's going to go? Because we don't know who the favorite is. We don't know who she's going to listen to. So who's going to go and ask the question? And then it just, it just determined like whoever went was based on whoever was in, was in her good books or whoever hadn't been like corrected in a while. Right. So <laughs> um, I really liked the fact that we weren't able to pinpoint who was mom's favorite and everyone just felt like they were on the same plane. So that was really important so valuing people is scriptural um it's amazing and i i believe that we are demonstrating that to our kids right now that's the first one the second one was the second thing i learned from my mom was how she loved jesus how she loved jesus i'm going to read from luke 14 verse 28 to 30 luke 14 28 to 30 reads Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Let me read from 27. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Wouldn't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it would ridicule you saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish for me, where I really want to focus on was the radical change that I saw in my mom when she became a believer. So from a young age, I never, I mean, maybe she was a nominal Christian. I don't really, I remember us really taking Christianity seriously. But when I was in primary school, she decided to, okay, go full in with this whole Jesus journey. <laughs> she did, she did a complete 360 in, she literally left everything behind and followed Jesus. Um, and at the time she was a single mom of three. Hmm. We were in primary school. My mom always wanted the best for us in terms of like education or, I mean, which mom doesn't, I'm sure you do as well. Um, we lived in a three bedroom flat and my mom had always been pretty, um, entrepreneurial, pretty, even how she dressed, she was always pretty stylish. And I really admired that about her. But then when she became a Christian, all of that changed. I mean, down even to the way that she dressed, that changed. She had to cut off a close relationship, which was a source of financial comfort, even to us as a family. So she lost income. We had to move out of the house that um, we were living in the, the flat and she had to move back in with her dad. Um, this was, this was not very convenient. This was not very comfortable 
as kids, we did not like it. We didn't understand. For me, it was the dressing. I was thinking, mom, you look cool before. Like what's happening now? But you know, that was her way. That was the, that was the gospel that she received at the time. That was what she believed. And it just showed through. I didn't know what was going on, but I knew that things changed radically. So, um, I can't imagine how difficult it must have been, especially in the society that we grew up in. She came from an affluent family and then to now have all of this change and have to move back in with her dad. I can imagine the ridicule that she must have faced from friends, you know, siblings, cousins, whatever it might be. It was not easy, <laughs> um, but she was committed to her faith walk. And it stayed with me even up until now that I'm taking my faith life seriously i can see what she did i can see the implication of what she did and i really really appreciate that she did that amen praise god so that was the second thing the third thing was she spoke words of wisdom so proverbs chapter 4 verse 20 proverbs 4 and 20 reads my son pay attention to what i say turn your ear to my words I wish I did these things. I really wish I did that, but I didn't at the time, but she did speak the words of wisdom and I still remember them to, to, till today. She prepared me or tried to prepare me mentally <laughs> for, for the world that I was going to go into, especially in a society where th that was already set up for the failure of the female child, right? Africa. It was going to be a difficult journey. She had three girls so she was very big on things like educating the girl child. She wanted us to get the very, very best education. So she pulled all of her resources together to make sure that we did go to those schools. Um, I remember thinking that she was mean when I would try to show off to my friends that, you know, uh, I've got a car. Like we've got, yeah, I've got a car because you, you personalize it because you think it's yours because you're from the family. But she's she was very quick to correct me, even in front of the friends that I was trying to show off. She'd be like, no, 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 it's my money is my car you go and make your own money <laughs> and i was thinking i don't understand i'm a child how am i going to go and make my own money um but obviously now i understand because it's not about fighting your siblings for inheritance no which is a very common thing in nigeria no it's about learning to be resourceful um and my mom hustled like crazy she would be in south africa today ghana tomorrow you know just trying to make sure that we got the best so um, she spoke words of wisdom. She prized education. Um, she would say to me when I go, I'm just like going to the kitchen and going to go and stand there just cause I want to be there. She'd be like, no, 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 go and read your book. You can always learn the domestic stuff later in life. But I like that she prioritized the timing of the education. It's good to learn while you're still young. You've still got the energy to learn it now and you can learn other things later on. So, um, by the time I was 16, between the ages of 16 and 19, she was already talking to me about investing in stocks, investing in property so that you don't have to work, you're collecting rent. I wish I had listened, literally, because right now I wouldn't have to be doing a nine to five, but I am, you know. So this is also just to encourage children, encourage you kids that you need to be <laughs> listening. You may not understand. You may not understand what they're saying because I didn't understand it. If I had done, um, I think I, I may have, I think I may have, because I was just thinking about, listen, I, I'm young. I want to enjoy my life. If I had known that I would be enjoying life now, if I did the work then, 
the story will be different, you know. But I want to encourage kids who are listening right now to pay attention to what your parents are saying. According to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20, my son or daughter, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Your parents have already been years in advance. Like they have already been there. They know the path that you're taking. They know where it's going to end. And the thing is, I want to encourage parents as well because a lot of the, a lot of it boils down to communication. How we are communicating to our kids, maybe that they're just not receiving what we're saying. So there's, it's one thing to say something. It's another thing to say it in a language that the person you're speaking to can understand, you know? So I want to encourage the kids to listen. If you don't understand, tell them, I don't understand. Like, can you break it down for me? Or, and I'm also encouraging parents to, you know, strive to communicate in a way that the kids will understand. It really, really, really goes a long way. So kids, God has put your parents here to be a blessing to you, to make sure that you don't fall into the same errors that they did. So take advantage of them while they are still here. Amen. They won't be here forever. Remember that. Amen. All right. The next thing was she planned in advance. And I'm going to read from Proverbs chapter 16, verse three for this. Proverbs 16, verse three. And it reads, commit to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish your plans. There's another um, Proverbs scripture that talks about, you know, planning. It's up to us to plan. Basically, we have a responsibility to plan. Now, I said that my mom always had the best intentions for us, no matter what it looked like on the outside. So she had to, and I did mention that she travels, uh, she traveled a lot to, you know, make money. So she had to leave her kids, obviously, at the times when she traveled and she had to leave our, her, she had to leave us for periods of time, whether that was with family, with, you know, friends or people that she considered to be friends. Um, so she could go and work, so she could, she could travel. And I can't imagine this being easy for her. I can imagine having kids now and having to leave them because you have to go and work. Especially when she came back and found out that we had been mistreated in one way or another. You know, that was, that must have been really, really difficult for her. But obviously at the time, I didn't see that. So there was this particular time when she moved. The last time she left us was to come to the UK. Um, she moved to the UK for three years. Um, and we were in boarding school at the time. And so it was, it was, it was difficult because she was really the only person who looked out for us. So when it came to like, um, visiting days for the parents to come and see the kids, obviously no one, I mean, she wasn't there <laughs> consistently. Sometimes we would have like my grandma come, my cousin come and visit us, but it, you know, and that was lovely. That was great. It just was not the same. I'm, we would see kids who had all, all their family come around and bringing them all of this nice stuff. And it would just be like, we're just like, you know, there. <laughs> So it, it wasn't easy even as a child, um, but we didn't understand what was going on. So um, I was annoyed. I was not happy. So I decided to um, write my mom a letter and it was not a very nice letter. So we had um, a family who was going to the UK. So I said, okay, hold on. I'm, I need to send my mom something. And I really took my time and really wrote down how I felt abandoned, you know, how she abandoned us, how she left us. I wrote it down for her and I sent the letter. Um, and I thought, yeah, justified, I've done it. Um, my mom came to visit in, us in uh, Nigeria and she sat me down and explained why she went ahead. She said she came to prepare for us to come and join her. 
so that when we did come, there was no issues in terms of like immigration or anything. So she planned ahead. She saw it was a difficult decision in the moment, right? To leave your kids for three years. But in the long term, she knew what it was that she was trying to gain. So she planned ahead. She made sure that when we came, we came in August by September, we all had our um, passports and everything. There was no hustling for what to do. You know, education was sorted, you know. So at least for me, it was quite a smooth journey. So I just really wanted to, um, I'm thankful because when my siblings and I talk about this, we, are, we just think about, we can't imagine what life would have been like if we hadn't, if my mom hadn't brought us to the UK. We can't imagine because literally, I'm sure God would have made a way, but we just could not see it. It was such a difficult season growing up because it was only my mom who was hustling to make sure that our future was sorted out. Um, and even though she wasn't great at communicating it, we could see the result of it. So we are so thankful, so grateful that she took the time to plan ahead and make sure that we were okay. So that was the fourth thing. And the final thing that I want to just touch on, I mean, there's so much more that I could talk about, but is the fact that she was courageous. Um, I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians 15, 33. 1 Corinthians 15 and 33 reads, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. We've talked about this so much in the Transformers Church about the company that you keep. So this is not new to you. But for my mom, it was incredibly courageous of her to pick up her children and leave a situation that was detrimental both to herself and to her children. Especially in a society where it was looked down upon to be a single mom. Like it was incredibly difficult to be a single mom. I mean, now you have like in the UK, you've got benefits, you know, you've got like help social. There was none of that stuff back home in Nigeria, none of it. And also it was her family were, didn't want to be seen to be, you know, supporting the idea that she picked up and left. So, you know, they couldn't really support in the way that they wanted to, I believe. So it was it even made it even more, even harder. She couldn't really, really rely on, on, on them for like finances and things like that. So for me, in that moment, she demonstrated that she recognized her worth. She recognized her value. She recognized the value that God placed on her. And she wasn't going to allow anyone treat her less than that, to disrespect her and ridicule her. Nah, she wasn't going to have it. So she picked up and she left, knowing that it was going to be a difficult road ahead, you know, because of how difficult things were for me growing up, I was thinking, you know what, if I was ever faced with a situation like this, I would stay for the sake of the kids. That's what, that was the mentality I grew up with, oh, you know. But now in hindsight, because hindsight is always twenty twenty, as they say, knowing what I know now, knowing this scripture that evil company corrupts good, good manners or good character, I will probably have done what she did. I definitely will do what she did if it came to that, because why my life is at stake. What I'm becoming, if I stay in that situation is at stake. And more importantly, what my kids are becoming is at stake. So um, I'm so, I'm so happy that she did pick up and she left when she did, because that, that you don't know what the end of that could have been. And there's no, <laughs> we don't want to know what the end of that would have been, you know? So praise God. So those are the five things I learned from my mother growing up. 
I just wanted to use this opportunity to encourage those who feel like they may have um, failed as moms, um, particularly when it comes to raising kids to be in the Lord, like if your kids are not saved. Uh, now, the things that I spoke about my mom, did she do any of them perfectly? No, she made mistakes along the way. <laughs> and neither will you. You're not going to do things perfectly because none of us are perfect. Um, but with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can do enough to make sure that we are forever impacting our kids for the positive. Right. So I remember when I used to be terrified of having a child because I was like, oh, my gosh, like. I have the responsibility of raising this life to the point where they would have, they would determine to the point where they would have to come to a, um, a place of deciding whether to follow Christ or not. Um, and if they chose not to follow Christ, that would be on me. And, you know, I would be responsible for sending a child to hell. So for me, <laughs> I had blown this up in my mind and I was terrified of having kids. Um, and I actually know um, I met someone in her fifties who refuses to be born again because her mom or their mom was very religious but she but also very very mean so and i've and i've seen this i've seen this uh, i don't want to mention but i had a family member who was very religious but incredibly mean so <laughs> um i i didn't want this and i i didn't want this for my life i didn't want it for my kids and i could see that i wasn't a very good christian so i just decided to you know what let, let's just put put it on the back burner but I have since realized, since obviously meeting my husband and having conversations that, you know what? Yes, I do have a significant part to play, but I can't save anyone. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. What I can do is do play my part, right? By the help of the Holy Spirit. I have the responsibility to raise these children up until the point where they come to a place of decision, right? They have to choose for themselves. They ultimately have to decide because they have free will. God has given everybody free will. They are a free moral agent. They have to now decide, do you want to receive Christ or do you not want to receive Christ? It is not my job, it's the job of the Holy Spirit. So if you feel like it is solely your responsibility to make sure that your kids are saved, it is not and do not let the enemy lie to you. Don't let the devil use that to condemn you. It is not your sole responsibility. Yes, you may have made mistakes in the past, and if the enemy is bombarding your mind with these mistakes that you have made, I want you to capture those thoughts, right? What is it that, what is it really that he's hanging over your head, holding over your head? You know, prayerfully assess the situation and acknowledge if you have made a mistake. Okay, yes, you made a mistake. You didn't do things quite right. But guess what? This, is, this was your level of knowledge at the time. Would you do things differently now? Yes, because you know better. Acknowledge the mistake. Do what you can to rectify it. So if you need to apologize to your kids, please do so. And I'm saying this because we're from, I'm from an African background. It isn't necessarily normal or, you know, yeah, normal to apologize where you've made an error. So I want to encourage you, to, if you need to do that, please do acknowledge that you made a mistake and apologize. Do what you can to remedy the situation, right? And then leave the rest to God. But it's important to acknowledge if you've made a mistake and then leave it to God, commit them to God, keep praying for them, keep doing what you can do, but don't push it anymore. And don't allow the enemy to keep you in condemnation, which is where he wants to do that because you're not going to be effective. Amen. 
So um, in terms of like ministering the gospel to your kids, if they're not ready, you've told them, keep praying for them, leave them. And I, I really, I, this came to mind. I, and I think we've also been speaking about it in Transformers Church. Go on and invest in someone else. We spoke about it last week in prayer. Find somebody else. Pray. We prayed last week for God to bring us someone that we can invest in. There's so many children and I say children in inverted commas because it doesn't have to be like a really, really, you know, the age of your child, a young person. It could be like a young adult, right? There's so many children looking for someone like you to invest in them. So if your kids are not listening right now, it's fine. Keep praying for them. Keep praying for them. We just need to step into the role of being a blessing to somebody else who is looking for someone like you. And I believe that when your kids see the impact that you're having on another life, when they see the transformation and the change that they will now value what it is that you're telling them and they will want it more. That's what I believe. Can you imagine if my mom had left us and gone to go and invest in, uh, or, you know, in another person in terms of like um, helping them financially, like invest in stocks. If I had seen those people becoming what I wanted, listen, I would have been paying attention really quickly, but um, that's just the material side. Now I'm speaking about the spiritual side as well. Yeah. If you, if you give yourself to this, be courageous and pour into somebody else and they, they see the transformation in that life, I believe that they would also now want that transformation themselves. Amen. So that's to encourage those in that situation. Also to encourage those who are currently on the journey of motherhood, just to give it your best. I know that you are tired because it can be quite draining, right? Emotionally, financially, Um just physically, man, it can be tiring saying the same thing over and over again. <laughs> but I want to remind you that it's only going to last for a season. It seems like the longest season of your life. <laughs> um, but don't get weary. Don't get weary. Receive strength from the Lord. It will be worth it in the end. And I also want to encourage you to get around community, community of people who are on this journey. You know, um, community, I think we underestimate what the community and the power that is in community. It can inspire you to do things differently than you've seen, especially we that we are so culturally um, driven in our mindset, right? A, a community helps us open up our minds, especially if it's a community of diverse people who have the same values as we do, right? They will inspire you. They will strengthen you. They will, they will help you see things differently. And it's so powerful. I mean, Titus verses two, um, verses three, Titus chapter two, verses three and four speaks about older women teaching the younger women how to love their children. Um, for me, I interpret that scripture to not just older as an age, but also older as an experience, people who have gone ahead of you to do things. They might be younger than you in age, but, um, for even us, we're seeing people who have kids and we're liking the values that we're seeing in these kids. So we're pulling from there. We're saying, no, no, I like that. So I'm going to take what you've done and I'm going to, excuse me, and I'm going to um, implement that even in my own home, in the life of my own kids. So community is really important um, don't do things in silos. Don't do things. Don't just hang around people that you have the same culture, right? Because you all, you all think in the same way. Um, I want you to strive to grow, to learn in this motherhood journey, um, without it becoming an idol. <laughs> Amen. Just remember that we, we do things as we are led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I want to also encourage those who cannot be biological moms. 
you know, contrary to what society might say, whether that whether that is um, the Western society or the African society, you are not less of a mother because you are, or, or less of a woman because you can't have biological kids. Like God has placed too much of value on the inside of you for you to diminish, not even you, but society. And yes, you, because if you listen to them long enough, you begin to see yourself in that light. You know, God has placed too much value in you for you to bring yourself down based on what human beings think. Yeah. I want to read Luke chapter two, verse 36 to 38. Luke chapter two, verse 36 to 38. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped day and night, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child, Jesus, to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. This is speaking about um, Mary and Joseph taking Jesus into the temple when he was to dedicate him. And um, there was this prophetess, Anna. She was old. She was 84. She'd never left the temple. And according to historians, it was because she had no kids. And when she became a widow, she um, dedicated her life to serving God via fasting and via prayer. And she had the privilege. God gave her the honor of speaking into the life of Jesus, of meeting him, of probably holding him. Um, because that's what they did. People who moved, who lived in the temple, the temple was like the hub of activity. That's where everything happened. People were coming in to dedicate their kids and, you know, sacrifices and all of that stuff. So she was busy. But according to the, to, to the society that she lived in, she wasn't valuable because she didn't have kids. And if you didn't have kids, you were cursed. If you had kids, you were blessed, right? So um, she was obviously not rich because she lived in the temple. People who lived in the temple weren't necessarily rich. Um, <laughs> so th she didn't have a lot going for her from a society's point of view. But she didn't see herself. She didn't allow that to limit her. She decided to give herself to what um, to the service of God. And because of that, she was able to speak into the life of Jesus. She was able to meet him. She opened up herself to serve other people. to think about other people's needs to rejoice with other people who had kids and, and pray for them. And in that way, she was able to experience the joy of meeting the savior. Amen. So you can be a blessing to so many other people. You can be, you can add value to so many other children <laughs> who, um, who are looking, who are looking there. There's so many kids who have biological moms, but they need more than what they're getting, whether that's from a spiritual, spiritual standpoint or, um, emotionally just one way or another, a mentor, you know, so there's so much, so much value that you can add and God sees what he's placed on the inside of you. So don't, um, ridicule it don't belittle it um because of what society thinks amen you you can still be a blessing amen praise god and i just want to conclude to say that you are doing great mothers you're doing a fantastic job well done and keep going don't get weary do not allow the enemy to condemn you and you know the best way to go about doing this assignment is to be serious about your commitment to knowing jesus you know the kids they recognize they they recognize more than you are saying to them right so if you are really excited about going to i don't know on holiday 
versus the excitement when it comes to like studying the, the word of God and praying and having family devotion, they sense the energy, right? <laughs> the more we spend time with Jesus with Jesus and become excited about spending time with Jesus, because that's really important, the more you unintentionally impact your family, your church, your work, your life will just flow out from you naturally. And people will come to you because they want what you have particularly our kids. So please don't forget that our kids know what our hearts truly love, right? No matter what they hear us say. And the enemy would want us to, he would, he wanted so that even we never really find out ourselves what our hearts truly love, you know, and if what our hearts truly love is different from what we're actually preaching, then it never really, our preaching isn't never, never really impacts other people's emotions. It doesn't really impact um, what we love. It doesn't really impact our kids. So I think it's great for us to be self-aware if we're paying more attention or if our hearts are more connected to other things more than they are to knowing Jesus. I just wanted to encourage you in that journey. Um, to just be intentional about your relationship with the father because he knows, right? This assignment of mother, he knows what it entails. He knows the strength that you need. He knows the wisdom that you need. So just being connected to him the best way that you can will um, uh, massively impact on this assignment. And by God's grace, it will be a fruitful one in Jesus' name. Amen. So um, that's all I have. And I'm gonna just pray for us really quickly. Father, we thank you so much for the privilege that you've called us, that you've given us to be mothers, to pour into the next generation, to invest in them. Thank you, Lord, so much for the grace that is required, the wisdom that is required. I just speak right now a blessing upon every single mom, whether biological or not. We just speak right now that our eyes are open to see, to see the potential that you've placed in us, to see that we can be adding value in so many ways. Help us to align ourselves even with your heart's desire, with your blueprint for motherhood and to follow through with um, this assignment to the best way that we can as led by the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. We receive your help, we receive your grace, we receive your wisdom to continue to strive to grow, to continue to strive to be excellent in this assignment. Thank you, Father, for the rewards that come later. Thank you, Father, for helping us experience the joy that you experience when our kids thrive. We just give you thanks and we give you praise. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise God.